Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode in my podcast series, Did It Anyway? Um, today, my special guest comes from the other side of the world. I've spoken to a few people from the other side of the world, and I am as excited as I normally am um, to have my guest with me today. His name is Corey Wiseman, and I want to tell a little bit of a story about how I even heard about this guy. So literally, um, a couple of months ago, I sat down with my family on a Sunday evening to watch an inspirational movie. And we found this inspirational movie called Thousand to One. And so we watched this movie about this young man at school. Um, and obviously, uh, it was a sporting movie. So it was t- talking about his, his life as a, a budding sports star. And as we watched this movie, we were so impressed with... Uh, this young man's attitude to life and how he was able to deal with um, the adversity that he faced. And so we we were very inspired by this movie. And so literally I got, after I watched that movie uh, with my kids, and it was all a bit emotion in our house afterwards because it was uh, very impactful, I uh, jumped online and I searched this guy up and I sent him a message and I said, hey, look, I would really love to interview on my podcast Um, program and he came back and he said he loved to and so that's how we met Um, and so he's going to tell his story today and I'm not going to steal any of his thunder I'm going to hand it over to him so he can introduce himself um, and tell his story and once again I'm really grateful to have you on the line so I'm going to hand it over to um, Corey welcome to the podcast today and we're really looking forward to hearing your story yeah I appreciate it uh, Baron Um, I I Truly uh, appreciate any opportunity that I have. <clears throat> excuse me, that I have to share my story. Um, you know, it's quite a unique story, one that uh, you know I never thought would would happen. It's, it's not something that you know too many people can say you know that they went through. Um, but you know, before I do even get into it, I just want to thank you know thank you again, Baron, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, to share my story with all of your listeners, uh, you know, it's truly uh, a blessing for me to be able to uh, hopefully help inspire others with, you know, using my story. Um, so I just, you know, want to take the time to thank you for that. Hey, no worries um, at all. But I was just, just going to yeah. say, why don't we, why don't we start yeah. even before, um, I guess, the uh, before you're at college? Because I think there's a bit of a story there when you're in high school. Why don't you start start the story there and then we'll jump and then you can continue on a bit further. Yeah, so I mean, I uh, I grew up a, you know, a hardworking athlete. I was pretty, uh, pretty talented and, you know, played all sports, um, you know, basketball, soccer, baseball, tennis. Um, but basketball is really my true love. Um, so I spent the most time uh, practicing and training for basketball. Um, it all paid off, and I actually had a very successful uh, high school basketball career um, where I accomplished, you know, a, a pretty big, uh, a pretty big goal uh, and feat. I actually scored over a thousand points in high school, um, you know, which is something that you know not too many people do. I was the ninth person uh, in 60 years in my school to ever accomplish that. Wow! Um, you know, so all my all my hard work of uh, you know, the late nights, staying out, shooting, and all the drills that I put myself through, uh, you know, it paid off, um, you know, having scored a 1,000 points uh, in high school. So I was actually, um, like, recruited by uh, a couple different uh, schools, um, you know, to play basketball um, at the Division three level, um, you know, and we had Division one, two, and three, um, you know, so I was recruited to play at the Division three level, uh, and after looking at all the different schools and taking into consideration academics and location uh, and, you know, how good the team was, uh, I decided on Gettysburg College. Um, you know, it was just a good opportunity for me. You know, the team was very good. The academics were great. Um, yeah, so I decided to you know, go to Gettysburg um, and everything was going to go according to plan. I was going to continue to I uh, work hard. I was going to continue to be a successful um, athlete, you know, just like I had my entire life. You know, I was 19 years old at the time, and everything seemed to be going great. All of my hard work of, um, you know, putting in the extra hours, you know, regardless of what it was, um, you know, in this case, we're going to talk basketball. Um, you know, everything, all the extra work that I put in always paid off, um, and things were just going to continue to go, you know, go accordingly. Um, but you know, um, but things you know, didn't I, go quite according to plan, did they? And after all all the success of 
high school and you've come in with all these ambitions and lofty goals and thinking it's going to go really well. Why don't you talk us through what happened um, when you got through to March, I guess, March in uh, 2009? Yeah, so, you know, so my freshman year, um, you know, everything was okay. I didn't get much playing time. We were very good. Um, but, you know, that I was okay with that. Going into um, my second year, I was determined. I literally made up my mind that I was going to work harder than I had ever worked in my entire life um, to become the starting point guard to, you know, get more playing time the following year. So I made up my mind that I was going to, you know, dedicate the next six months or whatever it may be, um, you know, to my body and to, you know, the craft, of, you know, of playing basketball. Um, and yeah, March 26th of 2009, my life took a, uh, a, a little bit of a, a spin out of control, um, something I wasn't expecting. So I was actually, uh, in the middle of an off season workout with a teammate of mine, uh, when out of nowhere, I got this, this piercing headache, uh, that completely caught me off guard, um, and like I said, I was lifting weights at the time. So I, you know, put the weight down. I told my friend, you know, I, I got a really bad headache. I don't really know what's going on. Um, and after sitting down for a couple of minutes, the headache didn't go away. Uh, so I figured I would just get back up, continue to lift. And, um, you know, at some point the headache would subside. Um, but, you know, the headache ended up not going away. And then I guess my friend saw something in my face, um, and said, you know, Corey, you just, you don't look right. You don't look too good. Let's go out in the hallway and, um, you know, let's get some water. So we went out to the hallway um, and things really started to uh, deteriorate. I started to uh, have double vision and um, my hearing started to go. Uh, and then next thing I know, uh, we're walking over to uh, get some medical attention because uh, my friend starts to freak out. He says, you know, something, something's really wrong. Um you know, and then next thing I know, uh, the left side of my body isn't working anymore. Um, you know, my friend puts my arm around uh, around him and actually literally drags me into uh, the athletic training room to get medical attention. Um, and, you know, they brought me to the hospital and found out that I actually suffered a, a catastrophic uh, stroke. Um, turns out I was born with a, an abnormal blood vessel in my brain. Um, very rare, about 0.2% uh, of Americans uh, are born with this abnormal blood vessel. Um, and it was something that I had no idea that I had. Uh, it just was a ticking time bomb, essentially, and having to go off that day. Um, you know, so they rushed me to the hospital. Um, and, yeah, I was spent about 10 days, uh, spent about 10 days in the hospital um, where they glued the blood vessel shut. Um, it, was, it was pretty hard here because... Uh, I guess I had to, for the first time, come to grips with, you know, finding out that the I couldn't move the left side of my body, um, you know, so the stroke actually paralyzed the entire left side of my body, um, which was pretty hard for me to, you know, to come to terms with, um, you know, it was a little bit strange for me, obviously. Um, so, you know, I spent about 10 days at, uh, you know, at the hospital uh, to become stabilized. Um, and then they transferred me to uh, an inpatient rehab facility. Um, and I was excited about this because it was, you know, it was an opportunity for me to, you know, get physical therapy. You know, I know as you guys call it physiotherapy, yes. um, you know, I know a lot, of, a lot of the world calls it, calls it uh, physiotherapy. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners uh, will, you know, understand it more as physio. Um, but so I was being sent to this uh, rehab facility where I was going to get therapy three times a day. Um, you know, and I was, I was, I was excited. I was up. I was ready to, um, you know, to get better. I want my, my one goal was to get back out onto the basketball court. Um, you know, that's, that's what I was supposed to be doing. I was, you know, I went to Gettysburg to play basketball, you know, so I had this stroke and I know the left side of my body was paralyzed, but, um, you know, I set a goal for myself and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, you know, to get back out onto the basketball court. Um, so really going to the rehab facility, I had one goal in mind, and that was to get back out to the court. Um, you know, so I, I spent about uh, a month and a half there. Uh, I was very fortunate. I was making a lot of progress. Um, things were starting to come back, you know, thanks to, you know, my hard work and, um, you know, having the brain hemorrhage at such a young age, uh, my body started to uh, recover 
And little by little, I was able to do more and more with my uh, my left arm and my left leg. Um, you know, so when I when I first was wheeled into uh, the rehab facility, the entire left side of my body was paralyzed. Um, you know, and then about after about a month and a half of living there, you know, doing vigorous, you know, uh, probably about nine hours of therapy every single day, wow. uh, I was able to actually walk on my own power using a cane. Um, you know, so again, that was just a sign that, or just an example that all of my hard work, you know, was paying off. Um, yeah, so I mean, I spent about a month and a half there. Can I take you? Uh, can I take you back that, I, just a little bit, if we could? Yeah, just, just right at the yeah, right at absolutely. the start when it first happened, you've, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, after you've woken up in the hospital and they've obviously told you about, you know, what's happened in your brain and fixed it up and that type of thing. What was your initial reaction, like personally inside? going, I've just had a stroke, I'm 19 years old, this is supposed to happen to old people, I'm sure that went through your mind, I don't know, but I'm sure that that would, would have gone through your mind. What was your initial reaction? Um, How did you feel? I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think, it. you know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, um, I'm not exactly sure why, but um, I guess luckily for me, uh, I've just always been... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like to be told that, you know, I can't do something. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, literally, and I, I feel lucky about this is I got to get back out into the basketball court. Um, so it didn't matter if I, I, I honestly, I don't think it would have mattered if I broke my leg, if I had um, a heart attack, a stroke, um, what, you know, whatever the terrible incident might've been. Um, the only thing I was looking at was the fact that, I couldn't play basketball. Um, so when they told me, you know, you had this stroke and the left side of your body's paralyzed, I just, I, I set a goal for myself and said, I'm going to get back out to the basketball court. Um, you know, so I, it, it's hard for me to come up with an answer. I'm obviously asked about that all the time. Yeah. Um, but the, simp the simple answer is just, I just, I had one goal in mind and that was just to get back out to the basketball court. So really that's, that's, that's it what my initial reaction was. Do, do you think it was almost a little bit of, I can prove to everybody that I got this. Like there's, there was that inner strength yeah. of like, no, nah, yeah. no one can tell me I can't. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I didn't want to. Um, I mean, I have uh, the utmost faith in myself and, um, you know, confidence in my abilities. Um, but yeah, I also, I didn't want, you know, someone else telling me that I wouldn't be able to do something. Um, you know, luckily I didn't have anyone, specifically say you're not going to be able to yep. you know play basketball again um but these were things that were you know going through my mind that you know i need to prove people wrong um and one of the one of the ways that i looked at it, in all honesty was uh, i actually looked at the stroke as competitor you know as my competition i had to you know i had to work harder than the stroke so the, tr the stroke tried to beat me right you know it, it took the abilities um, you know my arm and my leg away from me um, so it was trying to beat me. Uh, so it was my job and what I had to do was work harder than it, you know, go to therapy and improve, uh, so that I could accomplish my, you know, ultimately accomplish, uh, my goal and get back out to the basketball court. I love that. That is brilliant. So you saw your stroke as a competitor and maybe we could do that in other aspects of our life as well, where sometimes something knocks us around and instead of letting it beat us or being beat up by it, we just go, no, I'm going to beat you. I'm you're my competitor yep. now. I'm going to beat it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's exactly how I looked at it. I just I had to work harder than the stroke. And like you said, that could apply to, you know, to anything in life, you know, whatever it is, that's standing your way, whatever obstacle it is, um, you can't let it, you know, interfere with, you know, any goal or, you know, anything you have in mind that you want to accomplish. Um, you know, you just you need to work harder than it. So it's something that is fascinating to me and I want you to tell us a little bit more about is is the rehab process because sometimes we look at sports stars, right, and they do an injury on the court or whatever the sport is that they're playing and they disappear for 12 months and then they come back. And sometimes we don't realize the huge um, effort and emotional strain it is to do rehabilitation. And I have no doubt that there were times when you were doing your rehab that it was just horrendous like that it probably beat you up a bit more and you didn't feel in quite as much control tell me about some of those times that were pretty tough when you were doing your rehab 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, my, my story is, um, you know, is quite unique. Um, and I guess my attitude, luckily, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. Luckily I have, you know, such a positive attitude, um, that throughout my rehab process, you know, while I was at Kessler, uh, or while I was at the rehab facility, at least, um, I was positive. You know, I, like I said, I had my mind made up that I was going to get back out to the basketball court. Um, the way my rehab went when I was at this rehab facility was, um, you know, I had therapy for about nine hours a day, working on my leg, working on my arm, and then working on my cognitive skills because uh, those were affected from the stroke a little bit as well at the yeah. time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just throughout the whole process, I, I just had, I had one goal in mind is getting back out into the court. And um, I was starting to see, you know, it was it was pretty fascinating. Every single day I was able to see some sort of progress. I was able to move my finger a little bit. I was able to move my hand a little bit, you know, my arm. Um, and little by little, I was, you know, getting back to the basketball court. Um, so I actually, I had a friend, uh, a good friend of mine from college who came to visit me when I first, uh, like one of the first days that I was at this rehab facility. Um, and he said, listen, like I had, you know, he's like, I had a, a really bad knee injury early in my college career. Um, he's like, you know, it was really hard. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to play. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot of frustration associated with, you know, with this injury. Um, he's like, one thing that I did to really help was I kept a journal. So he said, you know, keep a journal. It's, uh, you know, you're going to probably spend a lot of time by yourself in here. You know, friends and family are going to be, you know, at work, um, you know, and you can use the journal as somewhat of a stress relief. If you're ever frustrated, upset, you know, you can write down your thoughts in this journal. Um, you know, and like, you know, for whatever reason, it's just how I am. I'm an extremely positive person. Um, that journal ended up just being, uh, you know, kind of a diary of uh, all the progress that I was making on a daily basis. Um, I still have that journal to this day. And all it says is, you know, I'm able to, able to, you know, lift my arm a certain amount, able to, uh, you know, move my fingers, able to walk a certain amount, got outside and, you know, played basketball today. Um, and then on every single one of those pages, uh, there's something about getting back out onto the basketball court. So that was like you're driving. Again, I always trace, you're driving to that yep, all the time. I, I I always trace back to that. Was yep. um, you know there was one thing that kept me going on a daily basis. You know, as frustrating as it, as it could have been that you know I wasn't able to you know play or that I was in a rehab facility. Um, you know, I I wouldn't even let myself go there. There was one thing that I was focused on. Uh, and that was getting back out onto the court, you know, so on every single page, I said, you know, I'm one step closer to getting back out onto the court. You know, no one works harder than I do. If anyone can beat this, uh, it's me. You know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to uh, get back out onto the basketball court. Um, so I, I honestly, I tell people um, quite often, actually, that, you know, when they are faced with some adversity, um, you know, set a goal for yourself, um, you know, find something you know, to focus on that when times do get hard, uh, you know, you're able to refocus that goal and use that as motivation to continue to go. You know, that's because that's exactly what, you know, basketball did for me, you know, through the darkest of times, you know, which we'll get into, um, you know, basketball and my goal of getting onto the court is what, you know, helped me persevere. I love that. I think that's fantastic advice. Have something that's a bit more important that you're chasing. Have something that you're always chasing that keeps you on track through the hard times. I wanted to take you a little bit further, jump a bit further in the story when you've actually gone home now and now you're doing your, I guess, at home rehab as well as I'm sure you're still seeing mm -hmm. physios um, throughout that point in time. But tell us a little bit about how it was going back home and starting to deal with the reality of the body not probably getting better as quick as you would like. Right. So, yeah, so actually the way it works is, um, you know, like you said, the body isn't getting ready as, uh, as quickly as I would have liked. So the closer you are to, you know, a brain injury, the faster things do recover. So as I said, I was, you know, fully paralyzed, you know, from the stroke. And then about a month and a half later, uh, I was able to walk on my own, you know, with a very slow, with a, an extreme limp. Um, but I was able to walk on my own um, using just a cane. Um, and then, you know, as time progressed, I, you know, saw less and less improvement. So over the next couple of months, I did continue to get better, but, 
Um, I wasn't seeing improvements on a daily basis, you know, so it was starting to, you know, sink in a little bit that I wasn't progressing as quickly as I thought I would. Uh, you know, again, my original goal was to get back out to the basketball court, you know, and I was really hoping that I could do that, you know, sophomore, my second year, you know, that upcoming uh, season. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, my, that first summer uh, or those first couple months after the stroke were, uh, were a little difficult. I started to realize, you know, a lot of the limitations that I had, um, you know, I couldn't really go out and hang out with my friends. Um, you know, it took me a while to be able to walk full speed and to be confident on my own two feet. You know, even though I was able to walk with a cane, um, I wasn't out on my own walking. Uh, I was able to just do that around the house really. Um, so, you know, that, that summer was tough. I wasn't really doing uh, much of anything other than, you know, I would go to therapy. Uh, I would do my at-home therapy, but then I would, uh, unfortunately, just play a lot of video games. And that's not something I wanted to do. I'm not, the, I'm not the type to want to just sit on the couch and play video games and watch movies. I want to be, you know, up and about. I want to be outside playing sports. Um, but I was so limited, you know, as to what my body, you know, would let me do um, that I really, you know, I really had no choice. Um, so that, that was pretty much what the summer entailed uh, until I went back to school in September. And and did it start to get you down at this point? Like, were there moments where you went, I, "This is this is harder than I imagined. This is getting tough." And what were those moments like? I mean, in all honesty, up to this point, it still was not. Um, it was still just all about getting back out into the basketball yeah. court, and I was still. Luckily, you know, and I, I can't explain why I don't, I don't know the, the answer. I don't know what, you know, what it is inside of me, but I was still positive. I guess it's just that I had that, you know, that goal in mind. Um, you know, I was still positive. I, I felt good about it. Things slowed down a little bit, but um, no, until that point, I still was not, um, you know, getting down about it. I was just like, all right, things slowed down a little bit, but I just have to continue to work um, and I'll get back out into the court. I love that. I wish uh, yeah, I could so I still had it really. I wish I could take that positivity and bottle it up and just give it to people. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be yeah, awesome no, if you trust, could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. And I mean, that's one of the things why I like to share my story as much as I could, because, you know, I always tell people, I wish, I wish people could, um, you know, see my, see life through my eyes without having to experience, you know, the pain that I went through. You know, there's a lot of things that my story taught me, um, you know, lessons such as positivity and, you know, setting goals for yourself to overcome the adversity. You know, these are just some of the things that we've already touched on that, um, you know, really I learned from my story and something that I, I truly enjoy uh, and feel that it's my purpose to help others with that. Now, something that really stood out to me in the story was your ability to get around your teammates. So, um, you know, for, for people um, all over the world, I think it's universal, is being a part of a team is is awesome. It's an amazing experience. And just because you were injured at this point in time um, or you, you know, had been through a pretty traumatic experience, that didn't stop you from getting around the team. So tell us a bit about that process, about how you went back and started to support um, the team, even though you couldn't play at this point. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was difficult for me. This is when, um, you know, to be quite honest, this is when things started to get uh, a little bit more difficult when basketball season started, um, and I just my body wasn't quite there yet, you know, to be able to play. Um, like I said, I was expecting to be able to play, you know, right when I got back to school my second year, um, and I just my body wasn't there, so I wasn't able to participate really at all in practice i was able to shoot around uh, a little bit but i couldn't do any drills um my, i just wasn't physically capable of it um but i mean there was just i just had to be uh, around the team there was no way that i could just uh you know take a year off or um you know not go to practice this was like i said this was what was going to keep me motivated keep me you know continuing to work and uh getting back out to the court was was my goal um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, I went to practice every single day. Uh, I was around the team. I had great teammates who were there to, uh, you know, support me. Um, and 
I mean, just being at practice every day and being part of that team, I think, really was a huge uh, part of the reason I was able to, uh, you know, get through, you know, some of the hard times. And um, even, even just doing little things, like, you know, I, when I wasn't, you know, shooting around with the team, I would do, I would, I would control the clock uh, throughout practice or I would, you know, I don't know, sometimes help with like the water bottles or things like that. Um, but just being around, you know, basketball is really what kept me, kept me sane. You know, with, without that, I, I would have lost my sanity, you know, in all honesty. And I probably would have given up hope if I didn't have basketball. Yeah. And that, that shows a lot of humility as well, can I just say, Corey. I think that going from being a star player to going through what you went through and then going, no, I'm still going to be around the team. I'm going to support the team. I'm going to go to the games. I'm going to go to practice. I'm going to run, oh, we would say run water <laughs> in Australia, but we're going to yeah. organize the water bottles, going to do the time clock. I think that is a real teammate who's supporting the team. So as much as it helped you, I have no doubt that it would have helped other, other people in your team as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about your journey as that continued? Your desire, obviously, there was still to play. And there was a part of the reason that you're hanging around the team is you want to make sure you're letting the coach know that, hey, I'm not going anywhere. You don't forget about me. I'm right. going to come back. So tell us a little bit about how right. that progressed for you to be able to get back to an opportunity to play. Yeah, so I was. Um, eventually, I wanted to just touch on, um, you know, prior to that, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, I, I like full transparency, you know, when it comes to my story, because I'm not, you know, I'm not Superman. And, you know, obviously up until this point, I've been extremely positive, yep. um, you know, up until this point in my journey. Um, but it was about, you know, once the season actually started, when games actually started um, for the first time in my life, not only just in uh, this experience with this injury, but in my life that I started to um, get down on myself and depressed, um, and I really did start to struggle with uh, what was going on in my life. You know, I was struggling academically. Um, I felt like a little awkward around my friends, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, live the normal life. And then obviously not being on the basketball, not being able to play um, was starting to take a toll on me. Um, you know, I, I always, like I said, I always like that full transparency. I'm not Superman. Um so I did. I, for the first time in my life, I found myself extremely depressed. Um, I was having anxiety attacks uh, where I would just be sitting there watching TV, um, and it would feel like I was out of nowhere, just falling through the sky. And it sounds cheesy, but uh, it felt like I was just, you know, had the weight of the world on my shoulders, and I was being pushed down with, you know, with nothing to catch me. Um, you know, and I was, I was crying on a daily basis. Uh, you know, I mean, I, so I was really hitting. You know, I had I had really hit rock bottom uh, in my life, and you know, one of the things I got to say, one of the things that made it, excuse me, one of the things that made it very difficult for me um, is that when I was in the rehab facility, I stayed with so many people who had injuries far worse than mine, um, spinal injuries, where people would never ever walk again. Uh, some of the people that I was living with uh, would never talk again. Um, so here I was, I was back at school, uh, living, you know, a normal life. Um, and I was sitting there and I was crying and having panic attacks and being depressed about the fact that I couldn't play. Um, so it was, it was very difficult because I was actually beating myself for, you know, all of that depression. So I was kind of, I was making things worse, um, by not allowing myself to, you know, to grieve a little bit. Um, but you know, one thing that I do always want to that I do stress to people is you know as bad as you may have it you know there is someone out there that always does have it worse than you um and that's one of the clear-cut reasons you need to appreciate what you have um you know don't take what you have for granted um because it can literally all be gone um so that was that was one of the things in all honesty that I, that I struggled with um but I did actually uh make the right decision I eventually went and uh got help from a therapist. I started speaking to a therapist um, who helped me, you know, progress mentally uh, and then finally get to a point of acceptance of, okay, this is, this is how things are going to be for now. It's a little bit slower. Um, you know, my recovery is slowing down a little bit, um, but let's get back on track and let's again, resort back to that 
uh, that goal that I set for myself. Um, and I finally got back on track and I said, okay, well, you know, I'm still basketball is still what I'm here to do. I'm going to get back out of the court. Um, you know, so then over the next, you know, two years, I, you know, continued to be there with the team and practice. Um, you know, so luckily that depression and anxiety only lasts about uh, three, three or four months um, until things evened out in the next, you know, two years or so. Um, I was pretty stable and just focused on, you know, getting back out to the court. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, to an- so to answer your question, uh, I finally did have the opportunity to get back out to the court. Um, the last game of my senior season, uh, it was se- it was senior day, and it's kind of tradition for uh, all the seniors to start uh, start the game. And I got like an honorary start. Um, and, you know, my leg still wasn't completely 100%, so I wasn't able to, you know, really play. Uh, so it was more of an honorary start, but, um, you know, I was able to start the game, uh, and the plan was for the ball to uh, be, you know, uh, put in play to for the tip to go up and you know, the ball to roll it out of bounds, um, and I would be subbed out of the game. Um, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I the ball went up, and, um, they actually handed me the ball. I took uh, one or two dribbles and I rolled it out of bounds. And, you know, even, even though only, I don't know, four or five seconds ran off the clock, it really didn't matter. Uh, you know, I, I, I set a goal for myself when I was laying in a hospital bed, the left side of my body paralyzed. I said I was going to get back out onto the basketball court. Um, and I did that. You know, I didn't have to do it for 40 minutes. Um, you know, so that was that in itself, I accomplished my goal. And, you know, I thought that that was, that, that alone was the greatest day, you know, day of my life that I had uh, accomplished that. There you um, got back. But, you know, little did I. And so before you go on with, before you go on with the rest of the story, cause I want to finish that off in a minute. I want to go back cause I want to come back to that part of the story, which blows my mind. Right. So if I can mm-hmm. scoot back just a little bit, um, you mentioned yeah. about um, the, you, you've always been this felt like a bit of a, a superhero, I guess, or you don't want to portray yourself as a superhero, but you've always had this positive right. nature of like, this is, I got this, I got this. I can just, I can, I'm going to get back on the court. I'm going to do the stuff that I need to do. But what, what you've shown just by your honesty, and I really appreciate it is anybody can fall into that emotion of feeling overwhelmed and feeling um, that, that this is too hard. This is too much. Uh, and I think yeah, you, of course, you that's that's a great example someone who could be so positive through such um a challenging experience you still it it got you at one point it just got you it grabbed you and it dragged it down at one point and to your credit you only allowed it to last sort of three or four months with getting some help but i think it's really important that you had the courage to first off acknowledge that hey i don't I need some help here. I can't do this by myself. You went and got that help and then still worked your way out of it and didn't let it define who you were. That's something that I think is really a good part of that story is that you, you owned the process and allowed somebody to come in and help, but you then were able to get out of that, that situation. And I'd love to know, as you were going through that process, there must have been moments that made you think a little differently about your situation to help you to be able to see something that was good as opposed to just focusing on the bad. Do you remember any of those um, experiences that helped you to change your, I guess, your view of the situation that you're in now that it was also negative and horrible? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, some of my teammates at the time, uh, you know, prior to, you know, the events that I guess we'll talk about uh, in a little bit, um, just seeing my situation and seeing, you know, that I wasn't able to play, um, it did, uh, I guess, inspire them. They were able to see, you know, my hard work and, you know, the fact that I was going to therapy every day um, and it inspired them and it gave them, I guess, more reason to work hard in practice. Um, so even though that was like a small token that did, uh, I guess that was a bit of a sign that, you know, there was some, some good that came out of it, um, you know, to be, you know, to be completely honest, I was so laser focused on my goal um, that until I accomplished my goal, which I know I already kind of gave away, um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really focused on much else. Uh, I was really just focused on, um, you know, getting back out to the court. Um, but I do, I do want to, 
uh, briefly go back. I want to share a you know quote that I, I genuinely love. Um, just when I was feeling down, um, you know, a quote that I heard that describes it perfectly when you know I was depressed. You know, is that um, you know at that time I knew that uh, the pain I was going through was temporary. You know, so the pain, um, you know, it could last a minute, an hour, a day, a week, uh, a year, um, but at some point that pain was go away. Uh, so I knew that the only positive or the only permanent thing is if I would have quit. So, you know, I, there, there was no quitting in me. So all that pain would eventually go away. The only thing that would last forever is if I had quit. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, is very important for people to, um, you know, take with them. I hope that anyone hearing this, you know, can take that with them, uh, that that pain, whatever it is you're feeling, uh, it will eventually go away. Uh, and something else will take its place, um, but quitting that that'll uh, that'll actually last forever. Yeah, that'll that'll cheer you up for a long time. And, and yep. so, so obviously yep. you had that same mentality that you had earlier on, even though it was heavy and it was hard to handle at that point in time. You had that same mentality of, I'm still competing against this beast. I'm still competing against this stroke, and I'm still going to beat it. So that was in your head. It was just a bit overwhelming at that point in time to be able to cope with it all. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. It was just, um, yeah, it was, it was, a it was a lot, um, which is why, but I do, I do think, or I, I know at least, um, I know I should say that going and seeing a therapist, um, was necessary. Um, you know, there's, they go to school for it. There's a reason why, um, they're, you know, doctors and they're, they're trained in it. Um, you know, so all the depression and everything I was going through, I, I don't, I, or I, I should say, I know I wouldn't have been able to get through if I didn't go and see, you know, see somebody. So I always tell people, you know, anyone that's going through any sort of, you know, mental health um, issues, whether it be serious uh, or not serious, you know, any sort of depression, anxiety, um, going and seeking help um, is nothing to be ashamed of. At first, it's something that I didn't want to you know, excuse me, associate myself with, you know, having never been depressed before, I didn't think I needed to see a therapist, but, um, you know, seeing a therapist is, you know, really what allowed me to, uh, move forward in my, in my recovery and did help me from, you know, hitting a roadblock, uh, when I hit rock bottom. Yeah. Now you, you, you brushed over something that I actually want to talk a little bit about in, in, getting back your, your opportunity to get back onto the court was you, you mentioned that for the next, I guess for two years, effectively you were helping out the team. Have I got that right? So for two years you kept supporting and encouraging the team, even though you weren't playing. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, um, my third, my entire second, um, third, and then the entire fourth year, actually, uh, up until the, <clears throat> up until the last game, um, I hadn't gone back out to the court, um, but yeah, I was at every practice, um, every game, you know, every, every workout, um, you know, cause until, until my college career was over, I still had that goal in mind of getting back out to the court. So I was going to, uh, be there until the end. And, and something that makes me think of is the word relentless. Like I, I look at you and I go, your story is one of so much desire to achieve what you wanted to achieve that you were completely relent relentless in chasing that goal and it didn't matter that you couldn't play for two years that must be at times so soul destroying sitting on the sidelines is so frustrating that you couldn't be on the court but you still were there to show that you're ready i'm ready coach you put me in i'm ready uh but that that was very inspiring for me as i watched the video to see that you know, no matter the situation, that there's something you can do. We can sit and we can accept our situation and, and let it define us and let it destroy us. Or we can get up and move and do something, and that's what you did. And I think that's a great right. example for yeah. everybody in their situation is find something that you can do. Um, you might not be able to do what you used to be able to do depending on the situation that you're faced with, but don't let that define you. Act in spite right. of the challenges yeah. that you face. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then another, I got to share another one of, uh, you know, my favorite quotes. Um, like you were saying, you can, you know, pick something 
to help inspire you or, um, you know, something to focus on to help you get through whatever adversity, you know, it is that you're facing. I like to look at it as, you know, a staircase. Um, so you can put, you know, whatever it is um, that you're trying to accomplish up on top of the staircase. Um, and you might not be able to see it. It might be a very tall staircase, you know, that adversity. Um, but unless you take that first step, uh, you'll never get to the top of the staircase. So if you sit and stand at the bottom of the staircase um, and don't take any action, then you'll never accomplish that goal and get through the adversity. Um, but if you just take that first step in the right direction, um, you know, you'll eventually get to the top of the staircase and accomplish that goal uh, and overcome that adversity. I truly believe that. I love that. And I think you've just exemplified that throughout your life and throughout this journey of those couple of years, excuse me, those couple of years where you had to fight for your spot to get back on the team. And and you mentioned that the seniors all started on the court. So I want you to finish off that story now. So you, you come onto the court and it was a token experience. I guess maybe you felt at the time, I'm not sure, but you, you know, I got the ball got tapped down to you and you dribbled it a bit and it went out of court. Tell us what happened after that because it's a pretty uh, amazing experience, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I got you know I got subbed out, and that was supposed to be you know the end of uh, the end of the story. Um, but you know, then little did I know, uh, at the end of the game, uh, we were up by you know a good number of points, and my coach actually uh, put me back into the game, uh, which was great because this wasn't planned. You know, there was uh, about a minute left to go. Um, so I was running up and down the court a couple of times, you know, I got the ball, I dribbled it a little bit. Um, and this was really the first time that I like, I truly felt like, you know, a ball player again. Um, so this was, this was amazing just being on the court and running around freely. Um, and then with about 20 seconds left to go in the game, uh, the other coach called a timeout. Now, they're down by, it was about 20 points at the time, 20, 25 points, something like that. The game was essentially over uh, with 20 seconds left. Uh, so no one really understood why he was, you know, calling a timeout. Um, and he actually, he, so he sent one of his uh, assistant coaches over to, uh, you know, tell my coach to give me the ball because he wanted to intentionally foul me um, to put me at the free throw line, you know, to have an opportunity to, um, you know, score my first points. Uh, we were in what's called, you know, the, the one-on-one. Um, so one, if they fouled me, I had the chance to go to the free throw line. Um, and so that's what happened. I got the ball. Um, they intentionally fouled me. Uh, and there I was. I was running down the court um, with the opportunity after, you know, having a stroke, uh, you know, that paralyzed left side of my body. Um, you know, and there I was right in front of me. I had the opportunity to score my first college points. Uh, of my career, I I love that. I, I love that, and I get chills again when I <laughs> when I hear you tell the story, as I did when I watched watched it on the uh, on the movie. And so, at this point in time, I think it's important to mention that your body is still not working in the way that it used to before the stroke. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, talk us through what happened. You go to the line. Tell us the story. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So, I mean, I had been, uh, you know, I had been sitting the entire game. So I was a little bit, um, a little bit stiff. And then obviously, uh, you know, just the moment I was definitely, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was definitely a little bit nervous. I wasn't expecting to you know, have this opportunity. Um, you know, so the, my first shot, I went through my, you know, pre shot routine, um, and I came up a little bit short, and it was definitely, I had a lot of butterflies, and it was definitely, you know, due to that. Um, and then, you know, I got the ball back for my second shot, and for whatever reason, any butterflies, any nerves um, that I had just went completely out the window. I literally, I told myself in my head, I said, there's no way that after everything you've been through, uh, all the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears over the last three years, there's no way that this ball won't go in. Um, and I literally just told myself that in my head. I said, all you need to do is put the ball up and it's going to go in. Um, and sure enough, I go through my routine. Uh, I shoot the ball and it was a, a perfect swish. Amazing. And how did you feel right at that moment? I'm sure the crowd went berserk, but how did you feel right at that moment? Um, I just, oof, man, I, 
like it was just like a surreal moment. I didn't um I didn't know if I'd ever, you know, have that opportunity again. You know, like I said, my goal was to get back out onto the court. Um, you know, so to have the opportunity to actually score a point, uh, it was it was pretty surreal. Uh, it was something that I, you know, I'll, ne- I'll never forget for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to say that I scored a collegiate point. Oh man, I I, I love that. I love the finish to it because it's just so perfect. First of all, the the generosity of the other team to be you know not just thinking about themselves but at the same time you still had to you still had to hit the shot <laughs> so it wasn't you got to hit that shot to have that experience and so i i just think, i just love the way that that ended and I, I feel like it's full circle right so you've you've made this goal that there's no way you're not going to play basketball again now i'm sure it wasn't in the way right. that you wanted to play basketball again because your body's not working exactly the way that it used to but take that aside you have done so much work over that two or three year period and you got the opportunity and you took the opportunity. And I just, it's such a great story. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I just want to, if we skip forward to a little bit later in life now, uh, you know, so I guess that's the crowning event of the movie. Um, but you've gone on to do other things in your life to help other people as well. You mentioned to me that you're, um, you know, you talked at, at middle schools and, and different schools telling your story. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how it's made you feel to be able to go and help other people in sharing your experience? Yeah. Yes. I mean, once with, you know, once my story, um, you know, got out and, uh, you know, through ESPN and then they eventually made the movie, um, that, you know, was on Netflix for a while and now is on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, people started to contact me and ask me if I wanted to, uh, speak at their schools and share my story. Um, you know, and I honestly, the first time someone asked me that, I, I said, yeah, I would, I'll definitely come share my story. I didn't really know, uh, the type of impact that it would have on people. Um, and I'll never forget the first school that I went and talked at was, uh, right around my college. Um, and I didn't have much time to prepare for the talk. Uh, so really all I did was I went up and, um, I told my story and when I got home, I had about 300, uh, Facebook messages from some of the students, uh, just wow. saying, you know, they really appreciated my time. Um, you know, what I said really inspired them. Uh, and believe it or not, a lot of the students actually shared, uh, very personal experiences with me. Um, certain things that happened in their lives, um, you know, and just hearing someone tell me that, you know, I went through this in my life, uh, but after hearing your story, it inspired me and helped me, um, you know, and I think I'm going to make it now, uh, and it motivated me to, you know, not give up. It, uh, you know, it, it showed me that I need to do this more often, um, you know, so that's what I've been trying to do as much as I possibly could is, you know, share my story and go to, I've been to, you know, several elementary schools, middle schools, uh, high schools, colleges, um, you know, all across uh, the United States, um, you know, sharing my story of overcoming adversity, um, you know, setting goals for yourself and, uh, you know, dealing with the adversity and overcoming those obstacles. Um, you know, so I, I, I do, I always say that uh, as bad as it is, what happened to me. Um, I look at it as, you know, the greatest gift that, you know, I was ever given because it's been able to inspire, you know, hundreds and thousands of lives um, just with this, you know, thing that happened to me. Uh, what a great way to look at it. Sometimes we can look at uh, challenges in life and we, I mentioned before, we can let them define who we are and they can, you know, bash us up. But having having your view of what you've experienced is the greatest gift that you could have been given because you've been able to help so many people can I tell you, Corey, I think that is a great attitude and a great way to live. Something that, that you said, I do, I do want to alert people to a couple of things. ESPN did do a special on you, um, I think it was called Outside Lines. Is that right? Yeah, so there's something, it's called, um, you know, if you just go on YouTube and, uh, you know, type in uh, Corey Weissman, Outside the Line, yep. ESPN, um, the, the special segment is called uh, Outside the Line. Um, and it's just like a six-minute segment on you know on my story um and that was actually prior that came out prior to uh the movie being made which is called a thousand to one Um, and you mentioned that's on amazon prime now as well and i and i would absolutely recommend 
um, taking the time to watch both of those videos. Um, it's a super inspiring story and I'm, I'm so glad that you shared it today. Something that I want to finish on is you mentioned that how you telling your story when unprepared as it was to go into that first middle school that you went and told your story to um, affected so many people and they, you know, 300 Facebook messages later, you started to see the impact of you telling your story. And that made me really think about that I don't believe as human beings we share enough of who we are because it is inspiring to other people to hear sometimes our struggle and our ability to overcome. And there's so many people around us that are going through some horrible things and we have no idea. And sometimes we don't want to show a chink in our armour and so we don't tell even part of the story. But I would encourage... Um, just like Corey did, and he had a forum to do it, which is awesome. We don't all have a forum to do that, but it just might be your mate around the corner who's going through some tough stuff. By you sharing some experiences that you've been through can absolutely lift that other person. And I think, you know, Corey, you telling your story to that group just shows that it's impactful. When people go through a struggle and they can share that struggle with somebody else and they can hear somebody else's struggle and how they overcame it's a really uh, powerful experience for both people involved. And so I'd enc- encourage everybody to, um, to share your stories with each other because uh, it will help lift those people in, in their sort of struggling times. And try and take the opportunity to learn other people's stories. You'll be amazed at how strong and resilient people are when you start to listen to some of their stories. Corey, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we let you go? Um. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to obviously again thank you for having me on, but um, just you know, there it's inevitable that you know people will you know, face adversity. You know, as we've obviously been talking about, um, you know, the whole time. I would just uh, ask that um, you know next time someone is faced with adversity or an obstacle, that they, as I mentioned before, take that first step. Um, you know, set a goal for themselves, um, decide that they're going to accomplish something, um, take that first step just so that you can get to the top of the staircase. Um, you know, take that first step, uh, set a goal for yourself, be relentless, be resilient, um, have a positive mindset, um, you know, and the sky's the limit and you could truly, you know, accomplish anything and overcome any obstacle. So, you know, I'd like to, you know, leave the, you know, leave everyone with that. Love it. I love it. And I really appreciate you being on. I guess the relentless is something that really stands out to me. Do the work. Pain is temporary. So just because it's hard doesn't mean we quit. And I think that is um, something that we can all take and apply to our lives. I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that are going through a tough moment or a tough time. Hang in there. Keep pushing. Keep climbing those stairs and you'll be able to find the goal and achieve the goal and see the goal the further you get up those stairs. So once again, Corey, a huge thank you for being on. Um, And for those that um, are listening to this podcast for the first time, I would encourage you to subscribe to my channel um, so you can keep hearing amazing stories like Corey's today. Thanks again, Corey, and thank you to everybody for listening. Have a fantastic afternoon. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me.